Yeah, 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 it's your boy DJ Dramatic from the Senate DJs. You checking out my man right now, Bully the Kid. It's going down real heavy in the booth. The champ is here. Time's up. The champ is here. Remix. The champ is here. The champ is here. Let's not go there. Let's not start with all the questions of what happened to Bully. Like, is Bully in prison? Is he in the gulag somewhere? Has Bully been kidnapped? Has has there suddenly been an increased demand of large African-American men that have caused me to be trafficked and kidnapped? And that's why I disappeared from the podcast world. I wish I had an interesting story for you guys. I wish I could just sit here and talk about unicorns and rainbows and and pots of gold. But really, I just had to take a little moment for me and get things together so we can bring you the best podcast in the dog world. You know which one it is. The one you guys have come to know and love. At least y'all did a couple of months ago in the Bully the Kid show. I love it. I wanted to say radio again. You, you guys know I always struggle with that, but but just the Bully the Kid podcast show. But this is what I can promise you guys. You know, like an absentee father, I'll never leave you again. That, that's all I can promise you is I'll, I'll never leave again. It, it doesn't matter if it's a holiday week. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. Bully the Kid is going to be that consistent person in your life. This is what I promise you. And this is what I want to bring to you today. So, what have I been up to? You know, let, let me at least give you guys a little bit of background information. Uh, you know, I've been a father. I've started a new business, a glorifying business. So if you like to travel and you like to do different things, make sure you contact Bully the Kid. I've got an opportunity of a lifetime. Y'all know where you can get in touch with me at. Of course, let me plug the email address right now. That is Bully the Kid Show at gmail.com. So if you're interested in making about $150 to $200 extra a week or a day, Make sure you hit up Bully the Kid right there. We're going to be uh, taking resumes, and we have a big thing going down in January. I'd like to shout out a couple of people that are going to be working with me out there in the wonderful state of Kansas to bring you guys a wonderful new business that I think is going to be great. So if you're a breeder, you got puppies, you need to get them to their new homes, make sure you contact me once again at bullythekidshow at gmail.com. Check that out. It's going to be phenomenal and groundbreaking. I, I, I got to say that. I got to say that. So what else have I been up to, man? I've gone to a couple of dog shows. I know you guys all probably heard about the show in Miami. Well, Bully the Kid was there, of course. I was actually the the fun show judge. And a lot of people are giving me grief saying that the hiatus and the fisticuffs that ensued all started because of my pick in the fun show. First of all, let me say something. I picked great. 
I picked great. And I, I don't want to start the model that I said that night, man. If there ain't a fight, you must not have picked right because that's just inappropriate. But I got to say, I, I think I, I did a fairly good job despite what went down. I got to shout out to the host of the venue who, uh, you know, definitely made everything right afterwards. And I, like I tell everybody, man, things can happen anywhere. Things can happen in church. Things can happen at Walmart or Target. Or anything. The only time I don't really ever see anything go down really is at Starbucks. I feel like people at Starbucks are in a good mood. They're spending a lot of money and and, and they, they like it. So I think that that's the one place that's safe from any type of altercation going down. If I had to guess, would be a Starbucks. Starbucks is probably the, the safest place if you don't want anything to go down. But I did that. Then I went to a Halloween show down in uh, Statesboro, Georgia, hosted by my good friends at Superior Bullies. Had a great time there, man. A great time. It was a great show. Uh, costume contests were good. I got to judge that as well. So they brought me back to judge. That was good. I did that. Um, I've traveled the world a little bit. That's been fun. That's been interesting, I got to say. So that's pretty much all Bully's been doing. You know what I'm saying? Doing that and preparing content for you guys. That's it. I got to shout out a couple of people that really pushed me to come back and do this show. Um, a guy named Brian. I don't want to give his last name because I don't know what type of situation he's in. But Brian came to me and he said that my podcast kept him going. So I guess because I haven't been doing it, his life has been at a standstill. I got to shout out a couple of ladies. Heather uh, from um, up in, I want to say Chicago area. I believe they're in Illinois. For her support coming to me saying that she wanted the podcast come back. My homegirl, Neely Bennett, she's down there in uh, Georgia. Shout out to Neely. She also came to me and asked me where the hell the podcast had been. My friend Melody, my friend Amanda, all, everybody that's, that's asked me, you know, hey, we miss your voice and we want you to get back at doing it. Uh, I'm back. I'm back and I'm not going anywhere. I promise you, at least for 2021, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. So y'all y'all are going to be free to plug back into the podcast well anyone that's listened to the podcast knows what we do here we look for dogs in the news and one of the things that i've been doing um over the last couple of hours is seeing what's a good news story involving dogs recently and i came across this interesting tale and the, the tale of course involves rescuing dogs now this is a this is a unique thing to me because there's a lot of people that do a lot of different things when it comes to rescuing now Obviously, there wouldn't be rescues if there wasn't a need for rescues. We, of course, commend all those people that go out there and do that. I think it's a wonderful thing when we do it. But I also truly believe that sometimes it's better left to the professionals. This is case in point happened in Peru, just outside of Lima. Now, I've been to Lima. Lima's a beautiful place. I love my time in Peru. But a family in Peru... They thought they bought a dog, and then they realized they had a little something different on their hands. They bought the puppy. This is a this is a note for Americans right here for thirteen dollars from a small shop in Lima, believing that it was a purebred husky. Now, I gotta say this: it's hard to say that you rescued something when you bought it from a store. But needless to say, that's what they did. They went into the store, spent thirteen bucks. Came out with what they thought was a purebred husky. Now, now we're not going to discuss the cost of dogs. And that $13 seems preposterous for anyone that understands inflation in America right now. But they went in there and they thought they had a $13 purebred husky. After a while, it seemed they started to receive complaints from neighbors about their so-called dog called Run Run. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. They named the dog 
Run Run. Definitely couldn't have been a rescue because that's, that's not what you're going to name a rescue dog. Run Run. Like, Run Run? Run Run? <laughs> I don't know. But that's what they named him. They named him Run Run. That was uh, very interesting that they did that. But uh, it became very clear that there was something different about Run Run when he began to chase guinea pigs, chickens, and ducks to kill or eat them. This, of course, provoked angers, anger from their neighbors. I, I, I think I would. Well, first of all, I'm wondering why there's guinea pigs running around. But this is Peru. So I, I think guinea pigs are like squirrels there. So guinea pigs run around and, you know, shoot, if you can get a dog for $13, I could imagine. But guinea pigs are probably 50 cent, maybe 25 cent. I, I don't know. But guinea pigs are running around loose in um, Lima. And the dog, Run Run, is run running over there and, and handling business. He's run run to eat, eat. That's what he's doing. But anyway. Come to find out that Run Run, who you could look at, had a thin thin legs, a bushy tail, a pointy head, prominent ears, and he looked kind of like a jackal or what he was, an Andean fox. So let, let's look at this real quick. They literally went in, went in and adopted an Andean fox. That's what they did. They brought home a wild animal and that's what they did with it. it it's it's bewildering to me that they were able to do this and nobody was able to look at the animal and one understand it's not a purebred husky if it was it was the worst looking husky ever but in the dog world we know a lot of people come out they say hey you know what i just got this pug you look at the dog and you can clearly see it looks like some sort of rat terrier mix but hey who are we to judge there's no need for us to judge in that situation so that's a crazy thing to see you adopt you adopt a dog or you think you get a dog and here you are with a fox that's out there eating guinea pigs your neighbor's ducks and your chickens i, I don't even really when i think about it though it can't really be that strange that this person had a fox when your neighbor's pets are just wild running guinea pigs and chickens and ducks like it's not running around killing their cats or their other dogs it's literally just killing these other what I consider wild domesticated animals that you got living there. So it's kind of weird that, you know, you'd be mad at the man for having a fox when you have a chicken and a duck in your living room or guinea pigs out on your porch. So either way, that's what's happening. So I want you guys to know if you're out there rescuing dogs or you're buying dogs from a shop and it costs $13, it's probably not a purebred dog. You probably need to take your time and researching the breed that you want. And I'm going to be proactive in telling you to find a suitable breeder of that breeder. You can end up with a an Andean fox, you know, another another reason that um you should go out and get a dog from a, a reputable breeder, I suppose, or a reputable rescue, if that's what you're into. But whatever you do, uh, don't do like these people and go into the shop, spend $13 and think you came out with something good because you probably didn't. Now, because I'm studying international news right now, because Bullet Kid, of course, is worldwide, I want to talk about another story. This one happened in China. In China. Now, in China, I'm almost 100% positive you're not walking in anywhere and getting a dog for $13. In fact, in China, there was an abandoned dog who became an internet sensation. Why did he become an internet sensation, you wonder? Because he sold at auction for 160,000 won. Is it yuan or won? I don't know. I, I'm broke when it comes to Chinese currency, but it would be equivalent here in America to 25 thousand dollars that's right this dog was abandoned and then was sold at auction for what netted them 
$25,000. That's a little bit more than what you would get for that $13 Indian fox in Peru. The Shiba Inu was called Ding Ding. What the? Listen, I couldn't make this up, I swear. The dog in Peru is called Run Run. The dog here is called Ding Ding. Look, I'm not I'm not naming these animals. This is what they're doing. It's just, I guess that's the new thing. You know, you get a dog and get a Dalmatian, call them Spot Spot. You know what I'm saying? Call, you know, get a Chow Chow. Oh, man, look what I did there. Chow Chow, Ding Ding, Run Run, Spot Spot. Didn't even mean, didn't even mean to do it, man. Like sometimes the, the material just flows through me. I'm telling you, Chow Chow. See, anyway, I digress. As I said, the Shibu Inu called Ding Ding was left at a pet training center seven years ago and its owner never returned. Huh. Took him seven. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, come on, Ding Ding. Like, it, it, it's been seven years, bro. Like, he, he's, not, he's not coming back. I mean, in America, you ain't come back for two weeks. We looking at you as abandoning the animal. Like, it is not going to take seven years before we decide and determine, I'm sorry, decide and determine you're not coming back. Like, listen, listen, seven years is way beyond the statute of limitations of abandonment. You know what I'm saying? There are dads in the hood that came back sooner than that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I said, I've, I've not been doing the podcast in a while, so I'm a little out, <laughs> a little out of touch. But listen. It took seven years before they decided to put Ding Ding up uh, as being abandoned. All right. So basically what happened was the Beijing quarter ordered the eight-year-old dog be put up for auction after the owner could not be located after seven years. So look, Ding Ding. Look, man, Ding Ding don't even know this man no more. I mean, it's been a year since Ding Ding been dropped off. Like, what I hope is that Ding Ding is well-trained. I mean, Ding Ding has been there for seven years. Like, he should know some things, right? Ding Ding should should definitely know some things. But but he he was abandoned, and after after uh, seven years, the judge has decided to put him up for auction. That is pretty the safe bet. The Ding Ding's parents are not coming back. I'm sorry. Woo woo. Let me focus. I gotta be. A prof I'm not being professional. I apologize. So Ding Ding's owners were not coming back. The online bidding generated enormous interest, however, with Ding Ding selling for 320 times the initial asking price of just $78. Wow. Wow. Let me tell you something. Anyone that's ever boarded a dog in the United States of America, let me tell you what you would owe is a whole lot more than $78. I would believe that she's Ding Ding's at least looking at $100 a week. For his boarding, which if not more, at 52 weeks, you're talking about $5,200 a year. Ding Ding's been there for seven years. You do the math, that's $35,000. It seems that someone still owes us about ten grand for Ding Ding's stay at our pet center. But luckily in China, they were only asking for $78, or what equates to $78. The auction was supposed to last for 24 hours, but it had to be extended by a further five after attracting 480 bidders, 480 bidders were bidding on the stock. Driven by the rise of cryptocurrency that shares its name, the market for Shibu Inus, a breed of Japanese honey dog, has exploded in recent months. Last month, billionaire Elon Musk shared a picture of his Shiba Inu puppy, Floki. 
All right. So that has caused uh, the prices to rise. I mean, maybe I should invest in Shiba Inus right now. I'm, I'm also a strong and a proud owner of Dogecoin as well as Shiba Inu cryptocurrency. I own some of that. So I guess I should be proud that this has happened. Ding Ding have been left at the center, have been incurring unpaid fees is what I thought. The center reportedly sued the owner and demanded he pay the money. But after the court failed to contact the owner, it advertised Ding Ding's auction online. Wow. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big thing right there. You know what I'm saying? That's a pretty big thing to go for $25,000 after being abandoned for seven years as Ding Ding was. Ding Ding, can you imagine? Can you imagine just going into a pet center you go in there every day and then ding ding is just there still and you're just trying to contact the owner i mean ding ding's been through a lot a lot seven years in a pet center that's that's pretty impressive that it took that long for them to decide to look for the owner and to actually put the dog up for auction i guess you know as he was incurring fees you're just sitting there hoping that one day he comes in to make right on what he owes huh I don't, I don't know. I don't know how things work in China, but I'm going to tell you right now. That's my business. Ding Ding would have been sold a long time before Dogecoin popped up. Ding Ding would have been uh, on these streets. But uh, seven years, that's a long time. And that's a, that's a good pet center to uh, hold out faith that the owner's coming back. Because I don't think we're going to do that here in, uh, in America. I, I just don't see it happening. Um, future foretold for Ding Ding, he would have uh, been out there. He's going to have to work or, or do something. He's going to have to catch some mice or, or uh, you know, do something. Greet the customers. Be be a pet center greeter like the people at Walmart. Did. Say hello. You, you're just sitting here for free? I don't know if you're going to sit here for free. Well, this is your boy once again, Bully the Kid. We are back on the Bully the Kid show. And I got to say thank you all so much. That is your dogs in news. That's what I got. That's what I read. And next week, we're going to find out what other crazy things dogs are doing in the world. Man, we went from a, a fox in Peru to a Shiba Inu in China. Wow. The differences in that. Imagine if they had just put that Indian fox up for five years, seven years. I bet you he, he, he probably would have got about 50 grand. That's what I'm thinking. It's the Bully the Kid Show. Let's go. Once again, it's time for another Bully the Kid training tip during this short interlude on the Bully the Kid show. None of these tips are proven, but I use them, so they may work for you. When you're crate training a dog or crate training a puppy, to go into its crate is one of the most frustrating things we have. We all have different commands. Inside, home, shower place, bed, bath, beyond. Whatever it is for your dog to go into its crate, here's a simple training tip you can do. I love using wire crates, and one thing I like to do is take the treat and hold it over the wire. Let the puppy see the treat. Hold it over the wire. As the pup goes in, it's going to be looking up for the treat. Bring the treat back around to the front. The pup will generally sit down at that moment, hand him the treat, close the door. It will take less than five times, generally, for that puppy to learn that going into the crate is going to get him a treat. And I think that's the best tip you can do to get your puppy to go into his crate. Bully the kid. Training tips. Of course you love them. I do. So will your dog. Okay, so I, I don't know if this is a little bit conceited or cocky to say, but I love my training tip segments. 
And you know what? If they work for you guys, you guys can, of course, email me at bullythekidsshow at gmail.com and let me know how wonderful these tips are and how much they've helped you with your newfound pet. And also, if they don't work, also email me. Now, I may or may not talk about it on the air, but if they don't work, I'd also like to know because obviously I'm giving out uh, piss poor advice for the masses and puppies are ending up in shelters regularly due to my uh, poor training tips. All right, guys. So you guys know the next segment of the show is it's it's easy. You know, I scour and I do say I scour social media to find a topic that you guys are talking about that I think is re- relevant and prevalent in the community. Um, topic that brought me today was a judge, a U- ABKC judge, Brooke Jaren, A.K. Garen, uh, brought up a title that said uh, a topic that said titles don't mean anything to certain people but she said titles 100% do mean something okay so for my listeners who don't know what a title is because you guys are just casual pet owners like a lot of you guys are you guys just listen because you love the monotony of my voice a title is a dog that uh you know is a champion show dog grand champion show dog a working dog a uh, agility dog a dog diver basically any sort of title that can be earned from the dog performing a task and generally a competitive event. Um, Brooke and the people that were responding to this primarily are talking about confirmation show ringing, uh, show ringing, <laughs> show winning um, in regards to earning titles. So if you are new, think of Westminster or any other dog show you see with Thanksgiving coming up. You, of course, know the National Dog Show is going to be on and you get to see those dogs prance around. Those dogs are titled animals. So does it matter? Does it not matter? Now, I'm a big time showgoer. I always say that titles matter, that they they're very, um, you, you know, they're they're very deserving of the dogs that I own that have gotten titles. Do I think that titles matter to everyone in a general public sense? No, no, I, I don't think my neighbors care whatsoever that uh, champion Caprice or champion seat has come out and defecated in their yard. If I were to tell them, hey but they're champions, I think she'd still tell me to pick it up. But, so I don't think it matters to the general public um, in regards to what titles your dog earns when you say, oh, he's a champion or a grand champion or a weight pool champion. Or I, I think it's impressive to an extent because they don't know what goes into it. So some of them will be impressed like, oh, wow, it's a champion show dog. But for the most part, I, I don't think to the casual person it means anything other than something they they are completely um, ignorant on and don't know. So the word champion, they're probably thinking Super Bowl champion or NBA champion or anything with a championship. So they probably think that, hey, you know, your dog is special in some way that they cannot uh, dictate from where they're standing. But I I don't think it matters much. Um, Do I think it matters in sales? Do I think that dogs that are born of champion parents should be more expensive or more sought after. Again, I think so if you're in that realm, if you want to show dogs, and obviously getting a dog with a proven track record off of proven dogs that have done the very thing you want to do and accomplish the things you want to accomplish, then I think that it is very, very valuable to be able to go in the ring and pick a dog that has champion titles and its grandparents were champions and its great-grandparents were champions and to look at a pedigree that is just riddled with titled dogs because that's what you're trying to accomplish with that dog. At that point, I do think it's very, very important. Um, 
In regards to money, generally, no. I, I think that money in dogs primarily comes down to sought-after features, sought-after breeds. Um, a French Bulldog is always going to be a two to $4,000 dog, no matter what. Whether it has a title or not, it's a French Bulldog. They are generally looked upon as expensive Therefore, they're going to cost more money. If you look at English Bulldogs, they're always going to be over $1,000. If you look at um, the American Bully, same thing. These are dogs that regularly have a price tag that would denote that they're going to be fairly expensive. I did a segment, of course, if you follow the podcast show a little while ago, on the cost of even rescue. So dogs are expensive no matter what um, titles they have or do not have. Do I think titles should matter? The answer is yes, 100% yes. I believe that titles should matter a great deal. I believe that we should be putting an emphasis on people that have dogs with titles. I think that we should be celebrating people that are breeding dogs that are titled and dogs that are going to be health tested and things like that. That would be a great thing. Um, It's a very weird thing to say when you're looking at dogs and you're watching them compete because I know what goes into it. I know what's going into it, and it's a lot of, lot of work. So at that point, should it be worth more money? Yes, especially if your goal is to compete in that. If your goal is to compete and have a natural national winning show dog, and you're going to buy dogs off national winners, you should expect to pay, in my opinion, anywhere between 50% and 90% more than the market value for the breed that is not titled. What that means is if the average French bulldog is costing $2,000, I see no reason not to believe that a a dog off titled offspring is going to be $3,000 or upwards of $5,000 because of what you want to do with it. And you're going to put yourself in a market with other people once you accomplish this to make more money. Now, in some communities, a titled dog does not cost more than an untitled dog because it all comes down to what that dog can produce. If I have a dog that's never, ever went into the show ring, but that dog is able to uh, create dogs that do go in the show ring and compete, then it's going to lessen the value of a title dog being bred. People are going to breed to the more popular dog. In in today's 2021, um, going into 2022, I believe that that's what really weighs the most heavily, and that is popularity. That is, is your dog known? I'm telling you now, if your dog is on television, if your dog has a 100,000 person following on Instagram, that dog is going to be more val- more valued than a dog that is a champion or a grand champion unless it has the same type following. A following is what now matters in dogs more than any title. If your dog can somehow uh, accumulate a large social media following, that is the most valuable thing in dogs right now. Over titles is Facebook followers. That's TikTok followers, um, Snapchat followers. Uh, a following is what's valuable over a, a title. Um, whether that's unfortunate or not, it, it's, it's going to depend on who, who you're talking to. But I think that that is what trumps titles right now is having a following. So I do think that titles should matter. They should be um, valued. But um, I also have to look at things like, you know, who knows about dog shows? And I I think that that is something that's gone on for years and years and years and years and years. I do not think it's something new. I think even in the 80s and the 70s and the 90s that dogs that were champions and grand champions 
um, were only known in the circle of people that competed in that arena. I do think it's a selling ploy when someone says, oh, his grandfather was a champion show dog. Like, yeah, you can squeeze out an extra 500 bucks on somebody by saying that if they're really naive and get a little extra money um, and say, hey, this is a superior offspring. So so more than titles meaning anything, I think it's terminology. I think that's what I think that's what brings value. I think it's social media following for today's day and age. And then I think it's, hey, you know what? I've got a European Rottweiler. I've got a European uh, Doberman or German Shepherd or Bulldog or something that sounds exotic or far away or rare. That's what's really bringing value that's more important in dogs, it seems, and has always been. Um, That and weird features. <laughs> when I say weird features, I think it's like a giant Chow Chow, a giant Akita, a giant Doberman, um, a big dog. So if you have a, a dog that's the biggest dog in the world, then you're going to be able to demand more because look at the dad. He's huge. Everybody wants a dog that's huge. And it seems that the people that don't want a dog that's huge, it goes the opposite end. They want something really, really tiny. Like, this is the smallest chihuahua. He weighs 0 0.08 pounds, and I stick him in my little tiny pocket in my jeans as opposed to the big pocket. People want that. People want little tiny things and then really large things. So it's kind of a weird little world that we live in because that's kind of what sells nowadays is things like that, like these little uh, extravagant features or um, enormous or minuscule features. So do titles matter? Yes. But they only matter to people that they matter to. It sounds pretty, pretty obvious. But hey, in this podcast of Mr. Obvious, I'm going to be pointing these things out. So <laughs> titles do matter. But for the most part, they're only going to matter to that small amount of people that compete in that venue. And those people already know what your dog is. And guess what? The problem is they're your competitors generally speaking, unless you have a lot of a large general public coming out to watch your dog compete, you're never really going to grow it and get that um, big demand from people saying that titles mean everything. I do think that they should. I don't think that they do, unfortunately. And that comes from somebody that has dogs that are titled. I, I, I tell you now, I have a long pedigree of dogs that are titled. I just don't think that it's going to matter as much as some people say. We're going to tune in and see what they were saying. On the thing, this person says, Eric Soto, titles 100% matter. They keep our breeds accountable. Productions are the most important to me personally. Again, I, I agree that they should. I do agree that they should. Uh, as far as holding breeds accountable, yes. I, I think it holds breeders accountable that they're producing dogs that fit the standard and they can go out there and compete. I don't know about the breed as a whole if that would matter, I do think that they should. Sarah Jones, titles are literally you paying for someone else's idea, opinion, of what the standard is for your breed. And not every judge reads the standard the same. It's all opinion. But if your dog can't produce consistently into the standard, even if it holds titles, what's the point? You have a show pet. Huh. You know what? I understand where she's coming from with that, but I think that there's a, a, a very big difference between producing dogs and dogs showing and earning titles, but she is right. I mean, if it can't make more of those dogs, as I said in the beginning of this, there's, there's no point in the, the value of that dog goes down because people that are your clients are coming to you to get a dog that is going to be equal to the titles of the dogs that came before it. And if it can't, then it doesn't matter. All right. 
This person says, Bill Anderson, I hate when people with title dogs say titles don't matter. But every time they market the dogs, the title is never left out. I can say that they don't matter as far as that the dog is the same with or without a title. Dog can have all the titles, but if it can't produce. Again, everybody's saying the same thing. If the dog can't make puppies that become titles, it really does not matter. That's what they're going to say, and that's what they're going to stand by. I don't know if that's relevant. I'm looking for someone that agrees that they don't mean that they don't mean anything. Um, it's pretty much a weird thing to see. It seems like everyone is going to say that the only that they do matter unless they can't produce. Um, this person says, "I have shown I produce champions and multi champions, some in their way to grand champion, and I can honestly say titles don't matter." This is from Torres Christina or Christina Torres. I can honestly say titles don't matter, but in a lot of cases, it depends on the breed and more importantly, the registry and the old English bulldog, exotic bulldogs, titles don't matter. And American bullies, exotic bulls, etc., they don't either. The dogs most sought after and that cost the most are always the extreme and overdone. Title dogs don't even get a quarter of the attention of these breeds, especially since they hand them out to dogs with clear DQs. They're just participation awards in many registries like the ABKC and BRC. You can have the best dog of the day with only one or two other dogs in the ring and champ out in one day. It's a joke. But AKC breeds, yes, titles definitely matter. Like You'll never see an ABKC or BRC show like the Westminster Dog Shows. You'll never see these breeds held to that standard in ABKC or BRC. That was her response to that. That is a crazy crazy but somewhat accurate statement i see where she's going to some breeds as i said earlier it's not going to matter if your dog is titled i don't particularly believe that it's a registry thing though when she says title doesn't matter that sounds like someone who has competed and has their own um uh axe to grind here's the thing they either matter you can't in my opinion necessarily go down and label it a registry problem because if you have an american kennel club dog which is what she refers to in the akc and it's a doberman or a labrador or a golden retriever again i do not think the title means much to the average person um they don't know the difference in all these letters between the abkc the akc the ukc the brc the ubkc it, it, they don't know you know what i'm saying hell i often don't know i'm just <laughs> i'm just joking i don't i don't think that that should be a prerequisite of if the titles um matter i do think that when you're talking about the AKC or the Westminster Dog Show, it's more popular. More people are readily um, willing to say that that is the creme de la creme. Therefore, that title means more than the registry that they compete in. Um, but I think if you were to ask some AKC people, you would hear the same arguments that, hey, that dog champed out and the competition was crappy. That dog champed out and it's a horrible representative of the breed. This is dog showing in general. It does not matter what registry it is. You're going to hear the same things. It's just that you don't swim in that pool, so you think there's no piss. Is that, is that, a, I don't know if that's a good statement or not. You don't swim into that. You know, that's a quote I just made up right now. You don't swim in that pool, so you think there's no piss. But the people that are swimming there, they know there's piss. They, they, their four-year-old just did it. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, it's different. Um, I do think that her points are valid. What I said earlier, people do in a lot of breeds look out for the rare features or the uh, features that make a dog special. And that's what their selling point is more than a champion or a grand champion title. The question is, is that right or wrong? And the answer is it's wrong. It should be based on 
dogs that fit the standard because that's what you're buying when you're buying a purebred dog. You're reading that book on what a American uh, bulldog should be or a Airedale Terrier is supposed to be. And when you read that book, you expect to go to a breeder and get what you saw pictured. And the only way that happens is if the breeder is breeding to the standard because the dogs pictured are dogs to the standard. So if that's what you're looking for, then ideally you should go get a titled dog. Hey, great topic. Like I said, if you guys have any questions or any differing opinions on it, you guys can always feel free to message me again. Email me at, what is it? Crowd, please. Anyone? Oh, okay. No one's here. Just me. Uh, it's going to be the Bully the Kid Show. Not the, just Bully the Kid Show at gmail.com. If you disagree or you agree with Christina Torres or you agree with Brooke or one of the other people I described, again, titles do they mean something they mean something to me it means something to me so if you're looking for a shorty bull know if you come to bully the kid eh, it's probably going to come off titled dogs and we're going to be out there pursuing more titles but if you're just looking for a pet honestly yeah, you can use that title or the paperwork that it came on to clean up after your animal because you're not going to show anyway especially if you're not going to breed it probably doesn't mean anything but i will say this and i, I gotta add this very quickly Part of the reason that titles mean something is that you're breeding to other titled dogs. And by doing that, you're going to increase your odds of producing dogs that fit the standard out of your four puppies you get in your litter. Your goal is to produce four puppies that are close to the standard. Notice that I said close to the standard. I didn't say show dogs. I said close to the standard. You're going to increase your odds. People that are looking at your dogs through books. Or looking to get something like the picture they imagine, it's a lot easier to do when you're breeding dogs that fit the standard, in my opinion. Once again, this is the Bully the Kids show. I'm going to come back with the next segment. And what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? You never know. You got to come back. All right. Let's go. So I know what you're thinking. How can I get a shout out on the Bully the Kid podcast show? It's simple. Email me at bullythekidshow at gmail.com and you can have your name shouted out like this. Hard Body Bullies, Lay Low Kennels, Signature Shorty Bulls, Blue River Bullies, Tri-Land Bullies, and anything like that. This is exactly how it's going to go down. You do it, but we're going to make it sound fancy with little music and ding-ding things and all kinds of other things that we do right here on the Bully the Kids Show. You want to get down and be a sponsor of a segment? It's simple. Once again, email me, bullythekidshow at gmail.com. You know it's funny. My my son always calls that my pimp music. He says, "You that's that that's that instrumental that sounds like the year I was born." I, I I'm assuming he's thinking in the 70s, but he definitely says it's my uh my shaft music, my my pimp music. I don't view it that way. I just look at it as as an ad break, but uh for him I I guess that's what runs through 13-year-olds minds in 7th grade is pimp music. But uh, anyway, this segment right here we wanted to talk about, you know, with the holidays coming right around the corner. I see my neighbors and everybody starting to decorate their homes. And even myself is going down there to drag the Christmas tree up. And a lot of people have been emailing me. Now, these emails, like I said, I took a little hiatus. So some of these are old. So maybe you, you figured out what you wanted to do. But I got several emails. And these emails were kind of about dog manners um the first one comes from a young lady named sarah 
out of Tempe, Arizona. I used to be in Arizona a lot, so I decided to read her thing. And her thing reads like this. Hey, bully, I have family coming over for vacation. I do not want them to bring their dog, but they are insisting. My thing is, I want rules in place. I don't like dogs on my furniture. I don't like dogs in the kitchen. And I don't like dogs that, I guess she wants to say, leave their poop everywhere and not be picked up. I'm sure she means the owners picking it up. What should I do to have my family feel comfortable, but at the same time, respect my home and the rules I have in place for pets as I don't have any? Well, Sarah, it's kind of weird that you listen to my show. It's all about pets. But that's neither here nor there. I love all of my listeners, all all 12 of you. Anyway, (laughs) this is a tricky situation. And and anyone that has pets probably has dealt with this. I know I deal with it when I go to my mom's house. My mom does not have dogs. I have a lot of dogs. I have to pick and choose which one gets to go with me to her house during the holidays. When we go there for the holidays. Um, And my my brother and um, sister-in-law, they they have dogs, too. They used to have one. Now they have two. Uh, Their dogs are a little more spoiled than mine, but they they have two dogs, and they bring them. (sighs) This is a tough one, Sarah. This is a tough one. First and foremost, I, I wanted people to know that if you are bringing your pets into someone else's home, key word being someone else's, you should respect their rules by all means. I mean, when I go out with my dogs to other people's homes, I always bring a crate and I expect my dogs to be crated uh, most of the time because it's not their home. And it's an alternative to boarding my dogs. So when they're there at someone else's home, I like them to basically be unaware that my dogs are there. I don't want my dogs to stink. I don't want my dogs to bark. I don't want my dogs to do anything to their home that I cannot get up before I leave, especially when it's a pet free home. So what I would recommend for you is, of course, as you're trying to do, lay out the rules to the people before they bring their dogs over. Now, yes, we all have those family members that are just difficult and they're going to get mad and then say, yo, if I don't can't come, then I'm not coming. If you don't welcome my dog, you don't welcome me. If he can't be on the couch, then I won't be on the couch. Well, good it on the floor that's how i feel about it and i'm a dog person people listen i love dogs but i also love people especially people related to me generally speaking so i think that you're not in the wrong asking people to abide by your house rules when they're over there that would in my opinion stretch to the pets i don't think that there's anything wrong with that i i, I think that you should do that i think if you don't want the dogs in the furniture you should state that Now, I'll say this, man. If it's really an issue, if it's really an issue and they really are like, hey, we want the dog to be there, I don't see anything wrong if they want to bring uh, a blanket or something where the dog cannot touch your furniture. Maybe that's a a compromise that you could do. I'm big on dogs not sleeping in beds. I'm, I'm very big on this. It's not something that I do. I don't like dogs in beds at all. I know somebody's going to say, we saw a picture on your Instagram of your dog on the bed with your daughters when they were very little. Yeah, look, that was just for the picture. That was just for the picture. Uh, I'm joking. That that was back in the day when I was young. I didn't have nice stuff. So, uh, yeah, the bed probably wasn't the type of bed I have now. But, um, yeah, so I I agree with you 100%. Believe it or not, Sarah, that you need to pick, you know, you know, abide by the rules. Definitely pick up after your dogs. If you take them to someone's house who doesn't have dogs, there's no reason for someone who doesn't have dogs to have dog poo in their yard. I 100% think that that's disrespectful 
So um, that's it. But I'm big on dogs not being on the bed. My my ex fiance, she loved having dogs on the bed, and you could almost tell when I would come over because the dogs really looked at me like they hated me because they knew I wasn't going to let them on the bed with me. It just was a pet peeve of mine. So I don't think there's anything wrong with you laying down your rules. I would just say recommend laying down the rules beforehand. If it's really a problem, maybe you can have um, the holidays at their home instead of them coming to yours. That's probably what I would do. But hey, Sarah and Tempe, thank you so much for sending that email. I've got to jump to the next one because that is what I do here. All right. The next one comes from Joey. Joey's actually in uh, Milwaukee. I was going to say Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I I wanted to say Milwaukee, not Milwaukee, but it's Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Shout out to Nationals um, that's coming up in Milwaukee uh, and Nationals coming up in Dallas as well. Anyway, Joey from Milwaukee writes this. Hey, I've had two noise complaints about my dogs barking. My neighbor has told me that he's the one calling because my dogs bark incessantly from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. in the morning. What can I do to better, I guess he's trying to say relationships, with my neighbor? And at the same time, what can I do to keep my dogs from doing this? Joey. Joey, 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 Joey. I see you're one of those, Joey. You're one of those neighbors, aren't you? You're one of those neighbors. So the number one thing you can do, Joey, and and I got to say, man, I believe that neighbor relations are just as important as I said in the last piece uh, about family relations. Neighbor relations might be even more important. You want your neighbors to be happy, Joey, especially if you're a dog owner. You, you, You want them to be happy. Obviously, they're not. They've already called the folks on you. They already called the people. You already had two noise ordinance complaints on your dog's barking. The number one thing you can do, in my opinion, is bring the dogs inside. That's not an option. You can do what I do. Open up a window. Tell them to shut up. Tell them to shut up immediately. (laughs) Obviously, I'm sure you tried that. Now, you didn't ask me about this, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. People ask me about bark collars. How do I feel about bark collars? (sighs) You know, my views on bark collars have changed over the years so many times. I I got to be honest with y'all. I used to be anti-bark collar. I was a big anti-advocate. Do not put a bark collar on. It's cruel, unusual punishment. Stick it on your neck. See how you like it. But then I thought about it. Uh, I don't run around barking all the time and I don't make a lot of noise. And it, it is a very quick training tool um, that when you use it properly, it it's effective and it's not inhumane. Um, but if used ineffectively, it's very inhumane. But I think that if I was dealing with the situation that you have, I would probably utilize one, um, put it on, leave it on maybe for two nights to see if it fixes the problem. If it does, I would then turn the bark collar off where it's still on the dog's neck. However, it's not on. Um, that's probably what I would do. I would then take that off of the dog's neck in the morning. Um, to, so that it's not on all the time or on the dog's neck all the time because I do believe that dogs should bark. I, I do believe that it's healthy for them. I think they do it as dogs. I don't have any scientific proof of that barking is healthy, but I would imagine as a person that talks a lot, as you can tell by the podcast, uh, I would be pretty upset if I couldn't make a sound without being zapped. 
But uh, that'd be one thing I do. The other thing I would do is probably go talk to my neighbors. I would want to um, establish a pretty good relationship with them because it's not always going to wake them up. It's not always going to be a problem. Um, but I would definitely want to do something to create to correct the issue. Um, like I said, there's bark collars, there's training, um, there's things like that. I would definitely consider moving the dog in the house and crate training the dog overnight if that becomes an issue um, with your neighbors. I, I think, like I said, it's very important to, could, to keep good neighbor relations when it comes to our dogs. I am very fortunate that my neighbors love my dogs, it's, you know, but I've had neighbors that have had dogs that bark. It is annoying. It, uh, I have to, I, Joey, I don't know what to say, man. I don't, I don't want to come down on you, Joey, but I really do hate when my neighbors have dogs that bark, especially when I'm trying to sleep and, and, you know, have a good night's rest. And I can't because Fifi's out there barking at the moon. Um, I really hate when the ambulances go by too and they howl. Like, I don't, I don't understand that, but some dogs do. My dogs don't howl at ambulances or police cars, but some of my neighbor's dogs, they, they definitely do. So that would be something I would do. Once again, you want to keep the peace. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you might have a Karen on your hands. No offense to all the Karens that listen to me, but, uh, they might just like to call the police. I, I, you didn't tell me what happened when they came. I'm sure you got a warning the first time. Maybe you got a warning the second time, but definitely work people at keeping your neighbors happy. Introduce them to your dogs. Maybe they'll be better at telling them to shut up from inside the window. Okay. That's not, that's going to have to be the next uh, bully the kid training tip, how to keep your dogs quiet when they're barking. But I, I, the bark collar is of course, one of the ways to do it. Um, the more humane way. And also maybe you'll find enjoyment bringing them into their crates. And if they do spend a lot of time outside, I have found that a lot of dogs don't use the bathroom in their crates when they're used to using the bathroom outside. So it might not be as horrible as you think. Um, but that would probably be what I would do to create, to correct the problem immediately is to bring them in the house, put them in a crate after a certain time of night. Um, if the time is 11 o'clock at night and at that point you're like, Hey, it's time to bring them in. It's too late for them to be barking. That's what I would, um, that's what I would recommend doing if you don't feel comfortable using a, a bark collar. So I would do that. All right, guys, those are the two emails I decided to answer. I was going to do a third, but I decided against it and you, you'll never know because I didn't tell you, or I didn't email you back and tell you you're going to be featured on the show. So that third person, maybe I'll save it for next week. Maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Got a lot of traveling to do. Anyway, let me uh, let you guys know what's coming up. In the upcoming weeks right here, this weekend, of course, it's going down an ABKC show in Birmingham, Alabama. This is a completely free show, but you did have to pre-register. And since I'm taping this show right now, you're already late because pre-registration closed at 3 p.m. today. So I apologize. I'm putting this out at night. I, You know, hey, what can I do? But it's Birmingham, Alabama. That's where some people are going to be if you're on the ABKC circuit. Other people are going to go and visit nationals. Now, this nationals is a little bit different. And the only reason I'm bringing it up, because I have a breed of dog called the Shorty Bull. The Shorty Bull um, at this weekend show, Joey, you might be able to go out there. You're in Milwaukee. So is the show. Is going to be judged by none other than Jamie Sweet and John Sweet. If you didn't know, Jamie Sweet is the creator of Shorty Bulls. And she's going to be out there judging our breed. And I think that that's phenomenal. I think it's a 
Incredible opportunity to have your dogs judged by the people that created the breed and the person and Jamie Sweet and her son, John Sweet, who is probably one of three people that have been around Shorty Bulls the longest since their creation. So if you're up in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area and you have a Shorty Bull, probably swing by there. Check that out. Um, that's going to be on Saturday, I believe, um, the 13th. Pull in, pull up with your dogs, have the founder who created them. Check it out. I think that's incredible. If you had Dobermans and you could meet the person, Louis, Louis Doberman, who created the breed and he could look at your dog, I think that would be a great thing. Or if you had a Newfoundland and you knew the person who created him, you could go up there and check that out. That that would be really, really cool. So uh, for y'all are doing that, y'all can do that. Now, of course, I've been speaking about the Nationals coming up. Of course, ABKC Nationals is coming up December 4th in Dallas, Texas. Bully the Kid will be in the building. I've had so many people... Tell me how much they love my emceeing. They want me back out there. I also want to show my dogs. I will definitely be involved with this show um, in regards to uh, the top 10 presentation, the Juga Handler presentation, the veteran honored. The American Bully Kennel Club does a wonderful job of honoring a veteran every year at nationals. I love being a part of it. I love announcing it. I love um, the presentation that goes with it and the round of applause that people get when they come out there and support those people. So um, I love doing that. Um, we definitely think we're just going to be a big, 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 big amount of dogs that come out, especially with COVID. COVID has shut down nationals and dog showing all over the world. So a lot of these prestigious shows are coming back for the first time in, relative, in basically two years. And I think they're going to be, be a huge turnout. Um, so I'm going to be in Dallas on December 4th. Um, of course, Thanksgiving's coming up again. Like I said, I'm not abandoning you guys. So every week you're going to get a podcast from your boy, Bully the Kid. It's not going anywhere, people. I'm not abandoning you anymore. You know what? I'm here. I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to pull up a chair. I'm going to make a little makeshift cot in the corner of the of the dining room and I'm going to sleep there. So you're always going to be able to tune in to a Bully the Kid podcast show. So if you're making a road trip, if you're on the road and you want to hear me, guess what? You're going to be able to do it. And I, I can't even I can't even deny this. I think I might even give y'all some bonus episodes. I'm not, I'm not going to promise bonus episodes, but I could see me doing sometimes two a week. It is, hold your applause. Hold your applause. Two a week, maybe. That would be bonus bully. That's what we're going to call it. Bonus bully. Bully. Now, I'm gonna. I'm not, I'm not gonna tell you when, but every now and then, if you follow the show, hit that little follow button. Follow the podcast. I don't care if you're listening to me on Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Cast, Apple Podcast, whatever you're listening to. Bully the kid on, man. Make sure, make sure you hit the follow button. Follow it. Leave a comment. Are y'all allergic to comments? Can someone leave me a comment? Just. Just try to be one of the first 100 people to leave a comment. And maybe I'll throw a prize out there. Maybe I got something free I want to give you guys. And I'll give it to you. Just just, just make a little comment. Just make a little comment. I know my mom always leaves me the voice memos, man. Shout out to my mom. I love her very much. Shout out to my daughter. Big news coming. Before I get out of here, I got to say this. We're going to find out uh, first, weekend, first week of December, I believe, what college has accepted my beautiful baby girl. And um, it's some big names on there. I don't want to say anything because I don't want to jinx it. Tomorrow is the 11th. The 11-11. November 11th. 
Manifest whatever you want in your life. Make it happen. I am manifesting success for myself and for everybody else. I'm manifesting blessings for everybody that needs blessings. I'm manifesting good health for those that are sickly. I'm I'm, I'm doing everything I can to manifest a wonderful 2021 ending and a wonderful 2022 and all the years that come, come from it, after it, I'm sorry. So manifest something for yourself. Make sure it's something good that can help others and uh, move forward. Y'all be blessed, man. It's your boy. Bully the Kid, right here on the Bully the Kid podcast show. I'm not going anywhere, people. It's y'all that make me. So let's make it bigger. Doesn't that sound good? Let's make it. Let's make it bigger. Anyway, I'm gonna get out of here and see if my dogs have went on Andy and Fox on me, or maybe, maybe I can check my email and I've been offered twenty five thousand dollars for one of the dogs I abandoned seven years ago. That would be great. Anyway, it's your boy. It's Bully the Kid, and we are out. We'll see y'all next week or maybe on a bonus episode. Appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your boy DJ Dramatic from the Senate DJs. You checking out my man right now, Bully the Kid. It's going down real heavy in the booth. The champ is here. Time's up. The champ is here. Remix. The champ is here. The champ is here. Bully. The booth. The Senate DJ. Turn your radio. Bully the kid. The The kid. Yo, you ready? Ready to record, yo? Record. Champ is here! The 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 champ is